today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Jason and Derek here. How you doing? I'm well, thanks. Uh, uh, holiday's going well. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the five biggest sports stories of 2022. Starting with number five, Derek, the Ohio fishing Scandal. One of my favorites. So that the the last two spots are for sort of like not the biggest sports in the world, but the stories are absolutely incredible. So the fishing story in the number five slot is there was an Ohio fishing tournament where there was thirty thousand dollars on the line, which is a big prize, I would think, in sport fishing. Yeah. Uh, and there's a video of the guys who won the tournament. Uh, they're inspecting their fish because it, you win by the weight of the fish. And you just so they're see at the, they're at the weigh-in area, yes. right? All the other fishermen are crowded around to see who's got the biggest fish, and it's, the winners are these guys. Are no one around the circuit? They're, they're, they're big fishers, yeah. Fishermen, and they catch some pretty uh, heavy walleyes. Apparently, yeah, I apparently think they're walleyes. They were walleyes, right? And the 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 officials are just pulling out weight after weight, and these aren't sinkers. These aren't like what you go fishing in a lake and you see a little lead sinker. These are massive, seemingly lead balls. And other items, fillets of fish, fillets of cooked fish inside the body cavity of these walleyes. And they're pulling them out one after another. The guys look ashamed. They know they're caught in this moment. And it's a scene out of Game of Thrones because they are just being shamed by the onlookers. How dare you? The integrity of the walleye fishing tournament is absolutely undermined. So apparently there there were rumors swirling about these guys that they may have been cheating in the past. And so when they bring their fish to be weighed, the fish, the the, the the administrators, the catch, of the, yeah, the, oh, the no, administrators, yeah, of the of the thing, say, hey, what we're going to do here in front of the the world is we're going to slice these fish open, which I guess is not something typically done. Yes, and they had packed the weights inside of a fish meal of some kind, fish cakes of some kind. In order, if this were to happen, you wouldn't see the weights right away. You'd see fish cake on the inside. You wouldn't yes. recognize it necessarily. Something like that, and. But instead, they, they these administrators were onto it, and they pulled out the the weighted balls, which just goes to show there is no honor. Uh, there's no honor in fishing tournaments, and it's not just efficient. So you know, you lose the tournament, maybe you're embarrassed. These guys have been charged with crimes. Yes. Uh, they have pleaded not guilty to multiple felony charges, where they've basically defrauded a tournament that had thirty thousand dollars on the line. These are something that Ohioans and and people who are in the fishing community take very very seriously. Um, they also face a misdemeanor count of unlawful ownership of wild animals, maybe. They stuffed in some of their own fish uh, in the Let's boat. Let's move past Unclear that. Unclear what that charge what is or that how is. it relates. Maybe it's right. the raw fish fillets. But remarkable that these guys could do time. These are felonies well, and this felonies is real you can fraud. go to prison Look, this for. This is real fraud. They were tra- yeah. attempting to defraud people out of $30,000. And again, very well believe that it's not the first time these guys have done this. They apparently have been on the circuit for long enough. You know, whenever you're... Bit of a cir- reputation. These circuits in professional sports of any kind, you see the same people week in away, tennis, golf... People know who people are. Yeah. They know the reputations they carry. And these guys were winning too often for for what other people thought. Before we leave this story, I want to say that maybe a little cheating you can get away with. Uh, you know, the walleyes have a, a range of weights, I'm sure. And I think these guys maybe just overdid it because the size of the weights they're pulling out of it these. seemed to be disproportionate to yeah. what we caused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fish shouldn't weigh that much. And maybe they got a little bit greedy and wanted to win this big tournament. And they got caught. So on the topic of shoving things places where they don't Amazing. belong. Good to, segue, Jay. To, to, to defraud the people. People, allegedly defraud of the people, we have the biggest chess scandal maybe ever. Uh, okay, so in the world of competitive chess, there's also some stuffing that goes along, allegedly, in, in big-time tournaments. So 
Just to give people a little bit of context, uh, Magnus Carlsen is the world champion, one of the greatest chess players maybe in history. Regard, well regarded as the best chess player ever. There's an ELO rating where you're rated based on your score. He has the highest ELO rating ever, better than Bobby Fischer, better than Gary Gasparov. Yes. He's the best ever. This guy's probably. like a human computer, so yeah. he doesn't lose often in the in the chess in big chess tournaments, but he lost a tournament, and his allegation afterwards about the guy who beat him. So the guy who beat him is a guy named Hans Niemann who is a relative nobody on the circuit. Still I mean, he is a chess grandmaster. grandmaster. But there are lots of grandmasters. But he's not known among the elites. This was shocking. Yes. For him to beat uh, Magnus Carlsen was a very, very big deal. And Hans Niemann was accused of putting some sort of electronic device, maybe some sort of buzzer in his rectum to connect it to a computer and cue him as to what are the optimal moves to make. Because obviously, as good as Magnus Carlsen is, computers are can compute more that accurately 20, and more quickly. About 20 yes. years ago, for the first time, Gary Kasparov famously right. lost to a computer. Deep and, Blue, and, right? Deep Blue. And ever since then, it created by IBM, Think Blue, so, so Blue. Sure. So anyway, Deep Blue. Computers and, have exceeded and, humans and chess. Computers have exceeded. Humans cannot beat computers often or ever. So... There are apparently it's been a cheating a way to cheat for a while that you would have computers in some way signal players yes what their next move should be and there's all sorts of ways and obviously then the people who do these things kind of come up with ways to defeat the the cheaters right one thing they hadn't done though is a full anal cavity search yeah that's right and in the in the subsequent tournaments after this accusation Hans Niemann said this is outrageous I'm a chess grandmaster I beat him I had a better game I probably wouldn't beat him most of the time but this time I beat him exactly every dog has his day even against Magnus Carlsen and he's just sour grapes over losing to someone like me in the subsequent tournaments they started doing full cavity searches because the allegation was so wild and it had caught so much fire on social media and so forth they had to do something yeah. so there's you see Hans Niemann coming into the tournament and they're wanding him like he's at yeah. an airport nothing came up he did play those tournaments he hasn't had a big victory over Magnus yeah. Carlsen since the allegation but they're not doing body cavity searches no wanding. no no one gets a glove and sort of snaps <laughs> it and... so you're going to sign up for chess <laughs> <laughs> they haven't gone that far yet but what's wild here is Niemann who is the guy accused of cheating filed a hundred million dollar lawsuit against Magnus Carlsen and say look you've tarnished my reputation I'm a chess grandmaster I beat you and now everyone calls into question my integrity and on the chess circuit your integrity is all really that matters well winning that winning winning number one then integrity, <laughs> then integrity. Uh, I don't think it'll go anywhere well I mean look you're this is in Europe and European defamation cases are, are handled differently here you wouldn't have a chance you're allowed to speculate that somebody's cheating but there it, it can be more difficult uh, it, it seemed when Magnus Carlsen, by his own admission, didn't really have any evidence he had cheated, except no. that he said, this guy can't beat me. That's what he said. And Nor did the, he say, you cheated. He just said, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. There's a lot of theories it, out we there. We certainly inferred, because it was yeah. on the heels of people making the direct accusation. Right. And so Magnus Carlsen kind of hopped on that. Look, I, I, I don't know. I thought this whole thing was unseemly. I have no idea if this guy beat him or not, it, it cheated or not. But until you come up with some evidence that somebody cheated, it's kind of hard to just cast them, you know, blame them, right? I, I agree. But I think if you take a step back, nothing has been better for competitive chess than this year, right? These two guys who are now at loggerheads, you got the greatest potentially chess player ever in Magnus Carlsen. They should play head to head. There were great matches back in the day when Bobby Fischer played against 
uh, Boris Spassky, maybe? Yes, very good. Yes, yeah. and, and, and these were nationally televised events. I think they were global events, yes. sort of like the World Cup, because although it's not very big in the U.S., Chess, in Europe, it's a huge Russia, sport and a spectator it's, it's sport. Um, I think we should get these two guys together. I mean, check that maybe they have to play the game you know, nude. That's a, with it's a very no, American approach. I think that's right. right? Yeah. Let's, let's parlay this into a televised event where there's just like buzzing and anuses left <laughs> and all over the place. Because the kid, Hans Niemann, is sort of sassy. He's 19 years old, right. I believe, and so he's a little bit more social media savvy than a guy like yeah. Magnus Carlsen. I think you'd have two titans, kind of like Joe Namath and Johnny Unitas of their day. So number three on the list uh, for the 2020 biggest sports of the sports stories of the year is Mike Tyson. This is a, one of the biggest videos that we got all year. This is Mike Tyson. He's on a plane. There's a younger person who is uh, they're in first class. The younger person has a seat directly behind Mike Tyson, and Tyson is trying desperately to ignore him as his kid sort of is leaning forward over Mike Tyson's seat back and talking to him. That's all you see. You can't. Yeah. There's no. This is before takeoff. This the guy takeoff. clearly had a few beverages, a few alcoholic drinks, and he is apparently what's come out is he was really riding Tyson, uh, talking a lot of smack, maybe kind of getting in Mike Tyson's face. Tyson. Annoying him. And we had gotten Tyson at the airport. Our camera guys had gotten Tyson. And he's clearly stoned. Mike Tyson's a huge Famous. stoner. And he, and he, I think, has admitted that he was completely stoned yes. going on in this fight, flight. So he is sitting on this flight trying desperately to ignore this guy, probably just wanting to go asleep, to sleep. And the guy is just talking smack. And Tyson turns and has had enough. Uh, he had just unleashes a torrent of punches and he looks like sort of vintage Tyson because you remember, you know, he's, he's past his prime, obviously been retired for a number of years, but the quickness with which he is just pummeling this guy over the seat, it's remarkable because he has been a very, uh, you know, I don't want to call him ever sort of docile, but he's been much more subdued in his post-retirement years. person over the last 20 yeah. years than he was the 30 before that. He does no a one-man show on Broadway. No one thinks of him and how vicious he was when we were, you know, younger in our, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Tyson was the scariest guy on the planet. He has sort of changed in his and he was not post hangover cameo He was not just scary, days. obviously, in the ring. He was terrifying outside of it. He was convicted for, of raping a woman. He did uh, three years in prison. Did maybe. some time, yeah. Did some time. He, Known to have an inability to control his rage. He That's what bit he was. Vander Holyfield's yes. ear. He had this weird fascination with pigeons on rooftops where he, you know, apparently found solace, whatever. Very strange guy. But he's been great. I mean, yeah. he's he's well, he's beloved now where he was ter- feared before. Um, and then he he turns around and by his own admission, he uh, he said the guy was fucking with me. Yeah. And he lost it. And he expressed regret for it afterwards. He said he shouldn't have done it. But the guy just pushed him to a point where he broke. I think Mike Tyson, look, no, nothing really came of this uh, in terms of, you know, criminal charges or anything like that. Because the guy was a little, there was some sort of civil remedy. Money. But um, I think what Tyson did was he put down a marker for newer generations. Tyson was this guy to us, this terrifying guy. I don't think if I were ever on a plane, I would mess with him because that image is still and that reputation is still seared into my memory. This kid was a little bit younger, and maybe Tyson's uh, sort of reputation, if you're only in your 20s or 30s, is different. And he wanted to remind yeah. remind the world with this huge video. I don't I don't think he's happy about it, but now everyone remembers Tyson's one of the most vicious punchers in the world. Maybe don't mess with him on and a plane. Still in his mid fifties now, it had and in better he, shape now. Lo- he lost some weight, lightning quick hands, and he Light. lit this guy up. This guy was injured. Uh, <laughs> it, it was bad. It's hard it not. Bad. It's hard not to be injured. Uh, coming two, in, in the number two spot. Well, these the two and one are the biggest stories by far. I mean, they, they dwarf anything else that happened. Maybe the two of the biggest stories in news generally 
over 2020. But I'm happy with the ranking here because I did not want to give the number two story the number one spot. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. So this is the Kyrie Irving story about, um, you remember, Kyrie Irving was coming along, playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets, and he tweeted a link to a viciously and very sort of transparently anti-Semitic film on Amazon. I think it's called From Hebrews to Negroes. He tweets this film out as a link and indicates that he... He's sort of cryptographic. I want to give him uh, his due. He he tweets a link to it, but it seems as though he enjoyed the film and enjoyed what it had to say. And if you've ever opened the film, it uh, you know it denies the Holocaust and a whole host of other sort of problematic views. He was taken to task over this, right? He was taken to task, but far from sort of backing down, he That's... continued to uh, support the film. His basic point was... And it came out in various social media posts and things that he said later on. His whole thing is, look, I, I just think, don't think we should accept the history we've been taught about the Holocaust. We should dig deeper into it. Um, and it seemed to come from a true point. The, the, the filmmakers behind the film clearly had an anti-Semitic uh, intent. And it seemed to come from a place where Kyrie Irving didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Yes. Um, and... Instead of sort of, you know, he disavowing the film. Instead of disavowing the film, he acknowledged that he was may have not educated himself quite as much as he needed to be educated on this topic. And you know, he suffered a huge amount of backlash. He was suspended from the NBA at the time indefinitely. He's yes. now been brought back. He is finally. It took him a long time where he would issue these half apologies. These I'm sorry if anybody was offended. Yes, but I was just trying to make a different point of view, these kinds of things that aren't really apologies. They're like, I want to get out of hot water. And so I'll say, hey, if you're offended, then my bad, but I didn't do anything to offend you. Yeah. And NBA commissioner Adam Adam Silver, to his credit, you know, called him to the mat and gave yeah. him a very severe sanction over this. He was in a tough spot as to what to do with one of his marquee stars who's mercurial. But, you know, uh, Kyrie Irving is a huge, huge NBA superstar. And he gave him a, a severe sanction. Kyrie has since been folded back into the mix. I think he's made some gestures towards um, more fulsome apologies or, or, or openness to learning about anti-Semitism and so forth. He's done the opposite, I would say, of what Kanye West has done, which is sort of digging his heels. He got into a lot of hot water initially by vacillating on the apology. But since then, I think he's sort of made the right moves. And yes. I think some people particularly in Brooklyn, where it's a large, large Hasidic population. Where he plays. He where he plays, yeah. and he got roundly booed. I think he has maybe sort of uh, learned from this, yeah. I would hope. Here's the interesting thing. Kyrie Irving is a really smart guy. Kanye West is not. Kanye West is a musical yep. genius, but he's not an intellectual. Right. Uh, Kyrie Irving's a true intellectual. Uh, his, I think his, his instinct is to push boundaries, to be a contrarian, uh, all things that you and I appreciate in a sure. lot of people. Um, but he didn't know what he was talking about here, and I think he got himself, you know, a bit over his skis, and then had a very difficult time, sort of just apologizing. It took him a little while, and he got there, and now I think all, all's good. It's funny you think of him as a true intellectual. His most famous uh, thought <laughs> before this was that he believed the Earth was flat, and I don't believe he's ever yes. renounced those views. <laughs> yes, he has, and it's contrarianism. He just likes to tweak. He's a That's troll. as contrarian as you can get. But let's uh, move to the number one spot because obviously that was an ugly episode in Kyrie Irving's life in the NBA stories of of this year. This one's a feel-good one. So at, at the, the end. end, at the end, <laughs> right. uh, Brittany Griner was arrested in Russia. This was a huge deal just as the start of the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. She was boarding a flight. She was uh, apprehended at the airport with 
I think less than an ounce of hashish oil. Yes. Uh, personal use, not not for Illi- distribution. Illegal in Russia. The Personally illegal. Use, there's yes. no personal use exceptions. It's totally illegal in Russia. Uh, was arrested. She was tried in some sort of you know uh, proceeding uh, and was given a nine-year prison sentence. Yep. And there was obviously outrage because she was being uh, seen as uh, being held as a political prisoner, which she really was. Clearly. It was a very, very small offense, and she was given a very stiff penalty. Uh, she was transferred to this Russian prison. Her wife uh, has been her tireless advocate in keeping the story in the media. And finally, she was released. Now, the release was not without its controversy because she was exchanged for a very, very scary guy known as the Merchant of Death, Victor Bout. Uh, and it was a one-for-one prisoner exchange where Brittany Griner was sent back to the U.S. and Victor Bout was sent back to Russia. So what there's do you been, think? A, been a lot of hand-wringing, a lot of criticism levied at the Biden administration for trading a WNBA player, a sports figure, uh, for somebody nicknamed the Merchant of Death and somebody who, by all accounts, is a really, really bad person. Um, I, I, I try not to weigh in on things like that because I don't know, yeah. right? And there's so much deliberation behind the fact. The one thing that is silly is when people say, oh, we should have also gotten Paul right, right. Paul Wellen, the the uh, operative. As we'll if this him, were available as, as if, a deal. As if and we just forgot about uh, it. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, apparently it has come out that the Russians, if, they, if we wanted Paul Whelan as well, they wanted a German assassin that we are simply unwilling to give up. Um, or they wanted some sort of concessions in the war with the with uh, in Ukraine, also totally unwilling to do. Yeah. And they said, well, and it took months and months of deliberation. Negotiations began in the summer that we didn't get a resolution until December 8th. She was freed. Um, this this whole idea that there was a better deal to be had is fiction, right? We know uh, absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. So the question becomes, was this deal, putting aside all other factors, sufficient? Are we going to give up? One one of a, a guy nicknamed the Merchant of Death in exchange for an WNBA player. Uh, I it's hard to answer that question. It's hard to answer the question. Some people say we shouldn't have taken this deal. We should have kept the pressure mounting on Putin to release her, but. This was the deal that was available, and to Jason's point, a lot of sophisticated people were working on this deal for many, many months. It may be that you don't uh, sacrifice uh, the good for the perfect. Is sort of like th- this yeah. was the deal that they could get. Bringing Brittany Griner home is huge. To her credit, she has tried to keep Paul Whelan's name in the news. She says, "I'm very fortunate to be here, but I won't rest until all of the sort of uh, American political prisoners in Russia are released, including Paul." She says she's going to play in the WNBA again, which yeah. would be a huge televised game. She'll probably make some sort of a statement at that time as well. Here's where I come down. I don't know whether it was a good trade or a bad trade. It's hard for me to assess those things. Here's what I'm really happy about, that she's home. Because there's no greater story. She seems like a really lovely person. Made a huge mistake, by the way. Yeah. Carrying hash oil in, in within Russia. Obviously a huge mistake. Not just because of everything that ended up, happen, uh, ended up happening. We were at diplomatic odds on the threshold of war with Russia at the time. Don't be a moron. Yes. And she was a moron about it. We shouldn't just give her, get her off the hook because she, of the sanctions she eventually faced. I agree with you, although yeah. she had been playing in Russia before, and for her to sort of know that the political, you know, ground is moving beneath her, it's a hard spot to put her in. Maybe she had traveled with hash oil with no problem Maybe. many, many times before that, so I don't want to sort of drag her too yeah. much, but you're right. It's a huge mistake, and now a very dangerous man is back in right. Russia to free man so, so so there are she doesn't escape sort of all criticize. blame for that but that said i can't tell you how happy i am and the idea that victor bout one man is really going to change the course of diplomacy probably not right. we're really ha- we don't we don't like to have 
Americans, especially civilians, being taken. I mean, uh, we're not quite sure, but Paul Whelan doesn't seem like just an average old civilian. She's a civilian, and we don't like to have them in foreign hands being subjected to the treatment she was getting in a Russian prison. Completely agree. Best holiday news for their family, and a a good day for the Biden administration to be able to say, like, we actually brought home Brittany Griner. Yeah. Enjoy that for the holidays. That'll do it for us. Uh, We'll see you next time. See you.